How are you feeling, United Church? Are you feeling good? Come on. What an amazing day. What an amazing day to be in, in God's house today. I'm, I'm so excited. If you can't tell, I'm like slap happy right now, super pumped about what's about to happen. You don't even know what's about to happen to you, but it's about to be amazing. But today, um, we have been in a few series where we have been in the book of Acts. If you guys have enjoyed Unstoppable and Chasing Purpose, would you just let me know by making some noise, clap, something? Yeah. It's been amazing. And, uh, and uh, we, we today, we were like, man, how do we, we finish this? Because I think you could preach through the book of Acts for like three years. Um, but I believe that God's like going to bring us into a new season starting in a couple weeks. Um, where we're going we're gonna to be stepping into a series called Christmas in July. Anybody like celebrate Christmas all year round? I love that. We're going to be talking about the person of Jesus. It's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so amazing. And if you've ever wanted to learn more about the person of Jesus, come on, those three weeks that we're going to be in that series are going to be absolutely, you do not want to miss a week. Bring your notebooks. Get into, come on, just we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the person of Jesus. Come on, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that we wake up for. He's the one that we serve. I figured you guys would be a little bit more excited about me talking about Jesus today. Come on, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Yeah. And so we're going to be heading into that, but today and next week, we have the amazing privilege of hearing from 10 of our communicators that God, um, there is a stable of communicators here at United Church that God is doing something um, amazing through. It's literally a miraculous thing that we're watching happen. And so today, without any further ado, um, we're, we're going to lay a little track down because there's no, there's no intro, come on, like a, 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 a music intro to invite people up to the stage. And we like to have fun at United Church. And so, uh, man, let's just go ahead and lay that track down, and I'm going to invite these people up to the stage. I'm going to get my Bruce Buffer on here in a second. Come on, somebody. That track's going to be coming any moment. I'm believing for it in the name of Jesus any moment. Right now, it's coming through. I'm, I'm feeling the, the wires begin to fire up through Spotify. In Jesus' name, it's going to come through the system in three, two, one. I'm believing for it at any moment, at any time. It's going to come up in this moment. It's not coming up in this moment. So here's what we're going to do. Um, you feel free to fire that anytime, uh, anytime, team, and I will we'll make the most of this. Uh, but today, what I want to do is the first person I want to introduce. I told you it was coming. I told you. I told you it was coming. Okay, let's just take a moment to it to just enjoy it. You can put your hands together. That's fine. It's okay. It's okay to have fun, church. The first person I want to introduce to the stage, come on. She has been serving with United Students for the last several years, but is now stepping in to, as our next steps director here at United Church. Without any further ado, Brooke Dobbins, come to the stage. Hey. Ah. Yeah, she's bringing it. Yep. Always got the party. Always got the party. The next person I want to introduce to the stage is a resident. Come on, he's in the last little semester of his residency here at United Church. He serves in our students' area. His name is Mr. Lucas Stern. Uh, uh, little fist bump. Boom, boom. And today, I'm so excited about this. She's excited too. Come on, she's got a word for us today. It is the second half of Lucas Stern's. It is Miss Amanda Stern. Come on. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you what she does other than leading worship and sounding amazing. She's our United University Student Development Director. So come on, yeah, give it up. If you're in UU, you already know. You already know, but the next up is another resident. He's amazing. He just got a fresh haircut. Come on, somebody. His name is Mr. Parker Stark. 
And last, but definitely not least, Milford Campus. You may be wondering why your campus pastor is not at Milford Campus today. That's because he's in Dover today. Come on, can we give it up for the one who is launched our Milford Campus, Pastor David Vargas! Uh, woo. I'm excited today. Listen, uh, we, we are going to get into this in just a moment. Um, but as I said earlier, we've been journeying through the book of Acts, and so today we're going to step into Acts chapter 12 first, and it's going to be fantastic, and we're going to go from, from your left to, to your right. I had to do that backwards. You ever try to do that backwards? That is really hard to do, especially if you're from North Carolina. Come on, somebody. Anyways, besides the point, but listen, today is going to be amazing, and so without any further lingering of this moment, will you guys give it up for Brooke Dobbins as she takes this moment? Come on. a fan of a good old-fashioned road trip. Uh, road trips, yes. So I am a self-proclaimed road trip warrior, and I think this started back in childhood because I had a dad who was born, raised, and still had family in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Woohoo! So several times a year, my brother, sister, and parents and I would pile into our family station wagon, and we would hit the old dusty trail for the six to seven hour drive to Pittsburgh. And it was always hunky-dory and happy family until it wasn't. And it didn't take long for it to start, the simple bickering. His breath is hot and I can feel it on my neck. She's chewing her gum too loud. She's turning her book pages and they're touching my leg. Ridiculous. So then eventually my dad would say, you kids need to knock it off or this is our last trip to Pittsburgh. And the thing is, this would happen every single trip to Pittsburgh. So my family and I, we stopped having this uh, our family vacation is being threatened mentality. And we started having this, well, I'll believe it when I see it mentality. And we never said that to my dad, but we were all thinking it. And I'm sure there's someone in your life that makes you think that. Maybe it's your children, your spouse, your coworkers. But what happens when we have that, I'll believe it when I see it attitude with God? Specifically when we pray. If we pray prayers and we don't believe, that God is going to deliver. And we see an amazing example of this in Acts chapter 12. In verse five, we're gonna pick up. So it says, Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So we see our friend Peter, and he is back in prison, take three. And if you remember from Acts five, he had been freed from prison by divine intervention. So he was not only in prison, but he was heavily, heavily guarded. They were not messing around with Peter. But then we see the church, and they are having these earnest prayers for Peter. So they did not have an army to set him free, but they did have a weapon, the weapon of prayer. And they decided to use it. So they didn't throw up these flimsy, simple, God, please free Peter prayers. They prayed big bold, stretching, dynamic, all in, give it all you got, prayers. And you know what God did? He freed Peter. So when Peter left the prison, he went straight to his people, the church, because he knew that they would be together, that they would be praying, and that they would want to hear about the miracle that God had just performed. And that's where we're going to pick up in verse 12. So he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, 
where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. So we see Peter get there, and Rhoda, bless her heart, she's a girl, she's a servant, and she is so super excited that she just leaves Peter there and goes to tell everybody else. And they do not share in her joy and excitement. In fact, they call the girl crazy. And they continue to call her crazy until they see Peter for themselves. They believe it when they see it. You see, they were so busy praying these big, bold, stretching, dynamic, give it all you got prayers, but they didn't have the faith to back it up. They missed the miracle because they were too busy going through the motions. And I wonder today if that's you. If you are praying, but not believing. If you are going through the motions, but missing the miracle that God is trying to show you. Matthew 21, verse 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. So what if today you made a choice? What if today you chose to have faith? And you turned your prayer mentality around from I'll believe it when I see it to I'll see it because I believe it. Come on. All right. So we all know what it's like to have something that spreads pretty far, pretty fast, right? We all, uh, I don't want to give it too much light. We all know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, it can make it pretty far, all right? We see it all over the place now, all right? It's everywhere. Um, the first one, if you need hints, I'm not going to talk about it too much because I don't want to give it too much uh, time in the light. But uh, first one started in March, right? Right? You know what I mean? Uh, happened in Seattle, right? That was where the first one was. You guys, you guys know where I'm going with this, right? Starbucks coffee, right? Starbucks coffee started in Seattle, right? March, March of Seattle in 1971, right? That's exactly where everybody, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, so Starbucks is something that is everywhere. On every street corner, everywhere there's a Starbucks. We see it all over the place, um, and everyone hears about Starbucks every day because we can't live without it. Um, and Starbucks started in small Seattle, right? A little coffee shop, and now it's everywhere. And I can't help but think that there's things that we see spread so fast, they end up all over the place and they started somewhere. And I can't help but think, man, that would be great if that could happen with the church. And in Acts 13, verse 49, it says that uh, the church began, or the word of the Lord began spreading throughout all the regions. And I just wanna kind of explore how it got there. Like, how do we get to that point? So in Acts 13, Verse two and three, it says, while they were worshiping and, the Lord, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. Then after fasting and prayer, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. So we get Paul, we got Barnabas in this moment, and God said that he set them apart to, to do this work. And so I think that's real relevant for all of us. We're all set apart to do this work of spreading the gospel. I think that's something so important that we need to understand because I think so often we come to church on Sundays and we see uh, people on stage and we go, oh, that's for them. It's for all of us. Every single person who's in this room is for you. And 
Paul and, and Barnabas, they go, right? So their goal was to make it to Antioch. But uh, in the next 48 verses, I, I can't read it all, but in a whole lot of uh, verses and not a lot of time left, uh, they went to six different cities. They went to Seleucia, to Cyprus, uh, to Salamis, all the S's. And then they went to uh, Paphos and Perga and Pamphylia, all the, all the P's. They, they had to get it in um, all, of the, all of them in order. That's how they had to go to them. That was the rule. Uh, that's not the rule, but that's, that's how it ended up happening. And when they, this wasn't the destination, but along the way, this was all of the places that they found themselves. And I want to challenge you that all of us find ourselves in different places outside of a Sunday morning. You may not be going to Seleucia, but I know some of y'all are going to Smyrna today, and we can make, make some work there. Not all of us are going to Salamis, but I know some of y'all are going to be in Safeway later, and that's where there might be an opportunity for you to speak to somebody. And what, what did they talk about, though? They talked about... Um, stories, what God has done in their life. They told them about the good news about Jesus. Uh, To whoever was willing to listen, that is what they said to him. And everyone started to love this. Everybody started catching word of this, and they were like, I like what these guys have to say. And so the next Sunday, there was everybody in church. Everybody was there. But we had a group of the Jews who stopped by, and they were uh, shutting it down or trying to shut it down uh, because they didn't like all, all of everybody else. Up in, up in church, hearing about the word. And uh, they were like, hey, we were God's chosen people. That was for us. It's not for y'all. See, uh, they were part of the whole family tree of God, but uh, they had some haters up in the branches. And so, so they had a bit of a problem there um, when, they, when they arrived at church. And we pick up here in verse 48, it says, and, uh, and so what happened was Paul was explaining to them that it wasn't just for the Jews. And he says uh, that you, you had your shot. You, God, we trust, he trusted you guys with this uh, salvation, with you as his chosen people, and uh, you didn't use it well. You kept messing up. You kept uh, not caring about this gift that I had given you and that it was for everybody. It's not just for you anymore. It's for everyone. It's for the Gentiles, everybody alike. And it says in verse 40, it says, and when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And many people were appointed to eternal life, believe, that were appointed to eternal life believed. And then it says, and the word of the Lord was spreading through the whole region. There was so much work to do to get to that point, for them to go out into different cities, to tell to anybody who would listen. Um, and it says, but the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and leading men and women of the city stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. But they shook off the dust from their feet and went on to Iconium. And I want to say, for us in the room today, will we be people who, wherever we find ourselves outside of here, wherever we go, will we spread the word? And when people try to drive us out of, of wherever we find ourselves, will we brush the dust off and keep moving? Wow, good timing, good timing. So Winnie the Pooh said it best. A friend is one of the nicest things that you can have and one of the best things that you can be. So as I was thinking about what I wanted to share with you guys today, um, I was thinking about something that God had been teaching me in my life and something that I've seen um, as a United University Student Development Director in so many other people's lives, and that is a topic of community, but not just community. I look back at many moments in my life, especially this morning, I woke up and I was like, how did I get here? Um, But I look back at a lot of the situations that I didn't think that I could get through by myself, and I look at some of the people that stand beside me, some of the people that stand behind me, and the people that I'm looking at right now, and I think I couldn't have done this without you. So today I wanna talk about not just being a community and a friend to those around us, but being a community that people can look at and say, I couldn't have done this without you. 
And so today I wanna talk to you about Acts 14. So in Acts 14, a little backstory, uh, Paul and Barnabas are on a journey to spread the gospel, and it's not all fine and dandy, it's not all peachy. Uh, They start to face some opposition and some persecution. And so here, uh, we're gonna pick up in verse 19, um, and it says, uh, but the Jews from Antioch and Iconium, um, and having, so the Jews that opposed Paul and Barnabas from the previous places they were forced out of, they followed them to where we find them now in Lystra. And it says, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and he entered the city. And on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. And so I don't wanna look past this scripture. It is the smallest portion, but it can mean so much. And it says, they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and he entered the city. So the disciples, we see that amongst all this opposition that Paul and Barnabas have faced and how, how hard it was and how easy it could have been for them to give up, that they continued to persevere in spreading the gospel and so disciples were made. And here we see that the disciples didn't just stand back and see what happened to Paul. They didn't just look back and say, wow, what a shame what happened to Paul. Gosh, that's so sad. I wonder what's gonna happen now. But the disciples took action. And so when the disciples gathered around Paul, I can imagine they didn't just gather around him and were just like, hey man, like what's going on? (laughs) I can imagine that as they gathered around him, that they mourned with him. Paul was dealing with something. I mean, if he was close to death, if people could mistake him for dead, I mean, he was pretty pretty bad off. So I can imagine that the disciples, they mourned with him. I would imagine that they held his hand and that they tried to meet him where he was in some of the deepest and darkest places, but they didn't just stop there. And we can't just stop there. I would imagine that next they prayed for him. I would imagine that they took their hands that they were holding Paul's hand with and I believe they laid it on him and they prayed for him because they knew that Paul was on a mission. They knew that Paul had a greater purpose to be fulfilled and this wasn't the end of his story because he was still alive. And then we see that it says, after the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and he entered the city. The next day, Paul rose up. He was almost dead one day and he raised up. If that doesn't tell you the power of community and disciples, I don't know what does. And so we see here that the, that the disciples were Paul's strength. When, when Paul was down and out and wasn't able to do it on his own, the disciples that he had made, that he had poured into, then poured into him. I wanted to share a couple of stories um, that I've heard in United University of this community. So we have one apprentice who shared after her semester was over, she said, the community and the purpose that I have experienced is so life-giving, I can't breathe without it. There's a woman on the worship team. She just recently started uh, serving with us and she comes to practice every single Wednesday that she is not scheduled because she loves the community so much and she can't imagine going one week without it. We have a United University intern who sent in the group me this past week. She said, I wish that United University was every single day. I I can't even imagine how I'm gonna get through this week until the next session. So church, will we be a community that people can't breathe without? Would we be a people that no one wants to be apart from? And so here we see in verse 21 to 23, we're gonna finish up Acts 14, it says, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So your community and your friendship not only impacts the people that you directly impact, but it impacts the people that they are then gonna stand up and impact again. Church, we're passing on a community and a family. We're passing it on. So would we not just be a community that people can't do life without, but would people look at us and say, 
I wouldn't want to do life without you. All right, little disclaimer, I didn't get permission to tell this story, and I love when people say that because you know it's going to be juicy. Look, <laughs> Lucas actually is one of my best friends. <laughs> I've known him since, like, sixth grade, but uh, I consider him a brother, and, like, brothers, we fight oftentimes about the most ridiculous things. I remember one time during quarantine, me and Lucas were trying to overcomplicate cooking by going back and forth about, listening to this, the smoking point of cooking oils. If it sounds dumb, that's because it is. But look, me and Lucas were going back and forth for weeks about this. I said olive oil is the way to go. Lucas swore it was avocado oil. So I decided to call in the big guns. I phoned a friend. Um, I called up Master Chef, goes by the name. You might know him, Pastor Mark. <laughs> I thought he was going to come in and tell me I was right, but he's actually, both of y'all are wrong. He's like, grapeseed oil is the way to go. So look, me and Lucas were arguing for weeks about this, but Pastor Mark, I brought him in, and he set the record straight. And this is actually where we find ourselves in Acts chapter 15. So you follow Paul and Barnabas, they're in Jerusalem now for the Jerusalem Council. And what's, what's happening here is just there was a lot of like different things, different opinions going around. Like Lucas said, the gospel was spreading to the Gentiles like Starbucks. Um, and it was getting to everybody. But then you had these guys from Judea who were discounting everything that was happening to the Gentiles because they're like, oh, well, they're not keeping the law of Moses or they're not circumcised, all the things that are important. So you have all these things, all these different opinions going back and forth. And Peter stands up and he sets the record straight. Picks up in verse 10, he says, Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? So look, they're discounting everything that's happening to the Gentiles because they're not living up to these unrealistic standards and expectations that they themselves have not been able to live up to. And look, if Peter wanted to go on, he could literally cite his sources. He could pull out the entire Old Testament and say, look, there is story after story after story that you yourselves have not been able to live up this standard but they're still trying to discount everything that's happening in the Gentiles' life. They're making it difficult. They're overcomplicating it, but that's not how it's supposed to be. So Jesus, if you go to the book of Matthew, he sets the record straight, just like Peter. He says this in Matthew 11, verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And this is the good part. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's crazy. This is a well-known verse. We all know this. But for some reason, oftentimes as people and as a church, we go against this. We make the burden difficult. We make the burden heavy. We set these unrealistic standards for people that it's like for them on the outside looking in, it's like, man, it's too difficult. Why even try? It's crazy. Because sometimes we see that person walking in on a Sunday morning smelling like a Saturday night. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> and look, look. You laugh at that, but it's crazy because we distance ourselves from that person instead of celebrating that they're finding hope maybe for the very first time. But we distance ourselves. We distance ourselves from them when we don't even know the internal battle that was going on in their head before they even stepped in the parking lot. Before they walked in the door, we see them by themselves, like smiling in the lobby. They're probably just happy that when they walked in, the church didn't burn down. Am I right? <laughs> but look, we laugh and joke about that. But that's a reality for some people. They feel unloved. They feel unaccepted. They're probably at the lowest point in their life. And it was so much, it took so much to just get in the door. But we distance ourselves from them and, and pass them off. And they're like, they can't live up to this unrealistic standard that we ourselves can't even live up to. And it's crazy. We forget what it was like to be in their spot. To feel unloved. To feel unaccepted. 
have no hope. We forgot what it was like to be like that. We make it difficult and overcomplicated. Well, that's not how it's supposed to be. Because Peter, in Acts 15, he closes out his argument like this. Verse 11. He said, but we believe that we will be saved through grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. I like another translation. It says, we believe that we are all saved. Listen, the same way. We're all saved the same way. We live by different standards, but we're all saved the same way. Look, there's more, there's more, there's more. By the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. So look, when you see that person, say hello, celebrate them, make them feel loved, make them feel wanted, make them feel like they're at home. Instead of demanding that they be where we're at, let's meet them where they're at. Let's make them, let's guide them in their next steps. Let's celebrate their next steps. Let's make the burden light. Let's make the yoke easy for them because we're all saved the same way by the undeserved grace, the Lord Jesus. So let's, let's be a church that's marked by this. I'll go further to say, what if you, sir, ma'am, student, what if you were a person that was marked by this? Jeez. How are we feeling, United Church? Feeling good? Woo! A few quick shout-outs, Pastor Kenneth. It's an honor and privilege to be up here. Thank you uh, to this phenomenal group of communicators. I tell you what, like they said in the old days, the, the, the pump has been primed. Milford Campus, I love you. Let's get right to this. So about four years ago in October, I moved up to Delaware from Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I moved up in, in, in a time where my kids were already six, seven weeks into school, and my wife, Jarisa, and I decided, hey, you stay here, I'll go up there, I'll come home every weekend. 393 miles, six and a half hours, one way. So the first time I go back and, you know, picturesque, Chesapeake Bay Tunnel Bridge, sunset, beautiful. The fifth time, (laughs) eh. The 15th time, what was I thinking? The 24th weekend, falling asleep at the wheel. And I'm sure you can relate to that in either trips or when you go to work and it's been a long day. And the problem is, is because everything started to look familiar. Just looked the same. And it caused me to get comfortable. And I wonder with what you've experienced, what we experience, have we become familiar with who we are in our marriage, in our jobs, with our family? Have we become too familiar that we fall asleep with God. So the setting here is Acts 16, begins with verse 25. And Paul and Silas, you know, you're getting a theme, they kind of get in trouble for doing the right thing. So Paul and Silas are in jail. They begin to sing, pray right at the midnight hour, and a big, big earthquake happens, opens the doors. And what we're going to find in the next two and a half minutes probably that there's a jailer that experienced much of the same things that we can experience with the familiar. So it says in verse 27, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The first thing that we can learn from the jailer, we're gonna get out of the familiar, is we have to wake up and listen. We have to wake up and listen. He was asleep. Asleep, they were singing. In that passage previous, it says the prisoners listened to Paul and Silas, but he was asleep. It looked all to the same until it didn't. 
He had to wake up. And, and I wonder that we all can understand the difference between hearing and listening. We do white noise so we can hear something to fall asleep, but we're not listening to it. And I wonder, what have we grown accustomed or what have we conditioned to be white noise in our lives? And God is just saying, listen. So the crazy thing is he does wake up. And the first thing he wants to do is what we do when we fall asleep at the wheel. We overcorrect. So we wake up, but it's the overcorrection that gets us in trouble. The jailer woke up and he wanted to overcorrect and kill himself. But it says Paul cried out, so he had to listen. And I tell you what, I wonder what dreams have we allowed to go by the wayside because they've turned into lullabies. What promises have we allowed to sound dim? And Malachi 2, 2, the first part says, If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, and I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings but it's not so much about the curse as understanding that we have blessings to begin with. So the next thing in verse 29, the jailer called for lights and rushed in. Isn't that something when it's dark, we just want to turn on the lights and, and look what's going on, right? So the next thing I say we learn from him is turn on the lights. Flip them on. The lights reveal what is hidden. The light opens up what we cannot see. See, the enemy wants to keep us in darkness so we can't see. So we can go around, we can listen or hear, but we don't know where to turn to. And God just wants to reveal what he has for us. Isaiah 60 and 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Lastly, he says, Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Last we learn from the jailer is ask and receive. The jailer recognized there was something different about Paul and Silas. He wanted to know what it was. He wanted to be changed. I ask you, can we awaken to what God is calling us to our willingness to receive what God is freely giving will take us to depths that we can never have imagined or dreamed of in what God has over our lives Jeremiah 29 11 says it best for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans for welfare not for evil to give you a future and a hope. come on church can we give it up for every single communicator today come on is that not amazing Oh my gosh, I, uh, I'm, so, I'm so honored to be a part of this. And uh, y'all are like, do you got a part? No, I don't have a part. Come on, that's the, that's the beauty of being up here. But listen, I am so thankful um, for every single one of these guys and gals behind me. They have worked, they have earned this opportunity to be able to stand up here and to present the gospel. Come on, we do not take it lightly for people to stand up here and to preach the gospel. Come on, you've got to live an exemplary life, come on, that is above reproach to be able to present the gospel. And so today, listen, I just want to say in front of every single one, both of our campuses, everybody who's watching online, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for living a life, come on, that is above reproach. I think we should celebrate that today. We should celebrate that. Before you go today, I want to tell you this, that you can pick up your Lamp and Light reading plan out at Next Steps, either campus that you're on. If you're watching online, you can go to our, the main page on the website, scroll all the way to the bottom. And I want to encourage you, I, I kind of put the challenge out a little bit last week, is that we will not know how to dissect right from wrong in our life unless we are in the Word of God. 
And I want to encourage you, listen, we are in, we're about to step into July. We're about midway through the year. And if you haven't jumped in yet, it is not too late. It's not like you've missed out um, because Lamp and Light isn't going anywhere. I thought it was just 2021. It's just going to be here to stay. Come on, we're going to continue to shine the light on the word of God. The last thing I want to say is this. If you are a parent who has a middle schooler or high schooler, I haven't had the opportunity to say this, but I want to say this. And they have talked you out of sending them to Ignite Camp. Come on, can I talk you in to sending them to Ignite Camp? Come on, listen, let me just say this. There's a reason that they're under 18 and they don't know how to make the best decisions for themselves. It will be the greatest decision that you ever made for them to make sure they go to camp because there's something beautiful that happens. It's a sacred place, and they're able to hear kind of free from all of the Instagram and TikTok and everything else. There's probably new social media that I don't even know about, but they're free from all of that, and they get a chance to tune into the voice of God and have the potential to change their life forever. So let me pray for you, and I hope you have an amazing day. Jesus, thank you so much. God, we celebrate your word today. We celebrate the book of Acts. We celebrate these amazing communicators, and we're thankful that we are a part of a church, like Parker said, God, that no matter if you come in smelling like Saturday night, God, you are welcome in this place. May it mark us. May it be who we are, not for 2021, but for the rest of our days. Jesus, we love you. We celebrate you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have an amazing day. We love you guys so much.